0: You know, a few moments ago, I mentioned uh, grandkids. How many of you that you followed before, you know I've got grandkids? I know what some of you are thinking. How in the world can a 37-year-old man like that have grandbabies? It's a phenomenon, I I know. Well, maybe I'm a little bit older than that. I've got to go and see these grandbabies. I've been on the phone with them uh, recently. In fact, uh, our daughter Audrey was up there uh, this past week. And she called me one day, actually FaceTime, and she said, Dad, you're going to be, you're just going to be so sad by this. And I'm like, What? And she, I uh, took the phone over to Landry. Landry's the four-year-old. Landry, by the way, is very mischievous. She's much like my mother was, very similar personalities. And so, uh, Landry was just crying. I mean, tears, and and she's like, "I'm like, what's wrong, honey?" And she's like, "I want my papa to come to Illinois and see me. I want my papa." And so, you know what that's doing to my heart. And I'm like thinking, "How soon can I get up there?" And I'm like, "Hey." Papa's going to try to get up there as soon as possible. We'll have lots of fun. What do you want to do? She says, will you take me for ice cream? And I'm like, of course I will. And then she said... But just me, not Kinley. speaking of her sister. Yeah, she's mischievous, all right. And so I'll find some way, somehow, squeeze in a trip, go see those grandbabies. I need to do that. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to talk about, in part three of this message series, we're calling the series Identity Crises, what we're going to talk about today is this. You are an overcomer. You really are. You may not feel like an overcomer right now, but that is exactly what you are. In fact, today you may feel like you're overwhelmed. Is that how you feel right now? Maybe in your life, maybe in a circumstance in your life. Maybe you feel like you're faced with an insurmountable obstacle. Maybe you feel like you've been dealing with a habit or an addiction so long you don't even know how you're going to break out of it. You don't know how you're going to overcome it. If you're facing anything like this or similar to it, I want to just say this message is exactly what you need to hear today and we're going to see what God has to say about you and I being an overcomer. Earlier I asked you to get your notepad, your 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 iPad ready, whatever you're going to take some notes your tablet. And uh, we're going to get some uh, verses uh, here in just a moment to look at. But you may feel like anything but an overcomer at this point in your life. But according to the Bible, and this is what we're talking about in this series, when you know who you are, then you will know what to do. And that's certainly true concerning being an overcomer. When you know who you are, then you will know what to do. And to get us started today, uh, let's go uh, together to the New Testament book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, and there's seven verses that I want us to begin with. A little bit more lengthy passage than what we would usually have, but follow along. Be sure you get the verses down. You can go back and read them later on your own. Uh, Look at what Paul says. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, which is what God did, gave up Jesus to die for us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Look at the next part. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life. We know that that happened after three days. He's at the right hand of God and is also interceding. He is praying for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is there any person, any situation that can separate us from the love of Christ? Next part. Shall trouble, our hardship, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, or danger, or sword. Can any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, this is what Paul says. In all these things, read this phrase with me right here, the highlighted portion. Read it with me. We are more than conquerors. Read it again. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That is the word of God to you and to me for our lives and for our situation. And Paul is simply saying... Is there anything, anything that could even come close to separating the love that Jesus has for you? And he just goes through this litany of things. And and he says, hey, could it be that trouble or hardship? Is that something that can separate you from the love of Christ? In other words, is there anything going on in your life right now that's troubling to you? And I want to just ask you that in your own life personally. Are you at a point in your life where you're troubled, where you're bothered, where you're disturbed about something that is going wrong in your life? Is there anything, can that separate you from the love of Christ? And Paul would say emphatically, no. What about persecution? Are you being persecuted? And obviously, you and I, if you happen to live in America, you and I are not like persecuted like many people in other parts of the world are persecuted because of your faith, but maybe Uh, where you're at at your school or at your job or among your friendships or maybe even in your own family you are you are ridiculed for your faith or maybe you're criticized because of a moral decision that you've made or a moral stand that you have taken maybe you said hey in this business that I'm working I'm not going to cut corners I'm not going to be dishonest I'm going to do business the right way I'm going to do business in a way that honors God maybe you're a person that you said you know what here's the declaration that I've made morally and spiritually Spiritually in my own life. I'm not I'm not gonna have sex before I get married. That's a special moment. It's gonna be reserved for marriage, and no matter what pressure you may uh, face. You're like, hey, I've settled this. We're not even going there because I've made a decision uh, that that I'm going to just remain pure until I get married. Maybe you're criticized because you've taken a position like that. Is persecution going to separate you from the love of Jesus? And Paul would say, no. What about famine or nakedness? For you, this would represent some type of financial challenge or hardship in your life. Is that? No. What about danger or sword? Uh, do you feel like you're being... Attacked, or maybe for you, this is representative of a physical problem or abnormality. Can anything like this separate you from the love of Jesus? Can these things, or anything like this, for this matter, and this is what Paul is saying, separate us from the love of Jesus? And Paul would say, There's not even a slim chance, there's not even a remote possibility that this is going to separate you from the love of Jesus. And then he adds, what we're focusing on in this message, in this talk today, then he adds, and you saw it on the screen a moment ago, he said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're more than overcomers. We're not just conquerors. We're not just overcomers. We are more than that through Christ who loved us. Now, if you you are a follower of Jesus, let me just say this to you. And again, I know you may not feel like it right now, but it does not nullify the reality of it. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are more than a victor. You really are. You are more than a winner. You are more than a conqueror. You are not just an overcomer. Paul writes, and again, when he writes this, when he pens these words, he's inspired. He's been moved upon by the Holy Spirit to write and to say what he's done. And he says, you know what? You are more than a conqueror. You are more than that. Uh, a story, some of you maybe, uh, perhaps you've heard me tell this before, when Audrey was real, real small, uh, my brother, and his family had come for a visit and his son, my nephew, uh, is about the same age, just a few weeks actually separates uh, the age between Audrey, our daughter and Brett, uh, their son, my nephew. And so we had a great time, and and Brett's a really, really smart kid. He really is, does well, and he was really smart, highly intelligent then, and my brother was showing off his reading abilities, and he's too young to be able to read, but he was reading some things, and I was really quite surprised by it. Well, long story short... Uh, Just for fun, my brother and I, we take Brett and Audrey to the Family Fun Center. Some of you know where that is, if you're in the Lakeland area, greater Lakeland area. So we took them there, and, and so they had to check in their shoes so they could get back in a particular area and play. We got ready to leave, and so now it's time to claim their shoes. And so Audrey, you know, they take the little tag that she has, shows Uh, show her her shoes, and she said, yes, those are mine. She takes them, and she starts putting on her little shoes, and then they take Brad's tag and shows him some shoes in a little container. He shakes his head, no, those aren't my shoes, and my brother says, "Brad, those are your shoes. Get your shoes, son. Those are your shoes, and so I'd already made a comment to my brother. I'm like, yeah, he can read that menu, but he can't even recognize his own shoes. I see where this is going. And what was so humorous to me, he put them on because his dad said, those are your shoes. Put them on. We're getting ready to leave. But it was so funny. I busted out laughing when we're walking across the parking lot to the car. And Brett, he's just walking along with us. And he pauses for a moment. And he looks at his daddy. And he says, but these don't feel like my shoes. Well, he's still not quite convinced. Maybe you're not quite convinced that you're an overcomer yet. Maybe terms of you being an overcomer, these don't feel like your shoes. But the fact of the matter is, God says it. It is true. If you are a Christian, you're not just an overcomer. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror through who? Through Jesus, who does what? Who loves you in a way that you and I can't even imagine, in a way that nothing can separate us from his love. Now, let's just clarify something. Does that mean that as an overcomer, that all of your problems, all of your troubles are going to be forever gone? Don't we wish that were true? I do. It doesn't mean that at all. Just because you're an overcomer, which is what the Bible says you are as a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. You're going to have problems. In fact, can I just say it like this? If you've got problems, join the club. Join the club. You're not the only person in the world with problems. In fact, everybody's got problems. The reality is not do we have problems. The only distinction is what kind of problems do we have? Your problems may not be like my problems. My problems may not be like your problems. But all God's people has problems problems. Just because we're a Christian, just because we're an overcomer, does not mean that we're beyond problems. In fact, not until our body goes into the ground and our spirit is with Jesus in heaven, will our problems be ultimately gone forevermore. I want you to take a look to just validate this. It's something that Jesus said. This is in John's gospel. In the words of Jesus himself, he said, here on earth, obviously that's where we're at, you will have many trials and And sorrows. There's gonna be problems. There's gonna be challenges as long as you and I are on earth. But look at the rest of the statement. Jesus said, But take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. So if you're an overcomer, which you are, if you're a Christian, you're more than a conqueror. Doesn't mean you're not gonna have problems. You will. You're gonna have problems. I'm gonna have problems as long as we are in this world. But more importantly, here's the difference you have Jesus by your side. Every moment of every day fighting on your behalf. So if you're an overcomer, if that's how we're being mentioned, if that's our true identity in Jesus as being an overcomer and that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, then obviously you and I are going to face some challenges in this life that will need to be overcome. Why would we be told that we're more than overcomers? We're more than conquerors if there wasn't something to be overcome. See, your life is not perfect. I don't think it is. I know mine's not. So how is it that we overcome? Maybe in the past you've resorted to this. Maybe you said, here's how I overcome. I'm going to use my own willpower. I'm just going to muster up my own strength and willpower. I'm going to overcome in that way. Can I just tell you, this will help you. This will save you some some trouble. This will save you some frustration. You and I do not overcome by our willpower we overcome by his power. So we're not going to be overcomers because of our willpower. Maybe you say, well, you know, I'm going to overcome because of my smarts. I'm going to overcome because of my intelligence. I can figure this out. I'm a high achiever. I'm clever. I can make this happen. Maybe you're going to rely on your position. Maybe you're going to rely on your power. Maybe you're going to rely on your influence. Is that going to be enough to cause you to become an overcomer? Not at all. You and I cannot do this on our own. If we could, we wouldn't need Jesus. And obviously we need him. I want you to check out this verse. This is in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, last book in the New Testament. It's pointing to a time in the future, and, but look at the language here. Even though it's, it's uh, futuristic in its application, it is still applicable for our lives. They overcame him. They overcame him, speaking of the evil one, How do they overcome? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Look at that again. They overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And can I just tell you, even though that that is pointing to a time in the future, that is still a, a truth for our life today. That's how you and I overcome. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. We overcome because of the life and the power and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross when he shed his own blood. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. What does that mean? That is your story. That is my story of who God is and what God has done in our life. So you and I are not going to overcome by our willpower because we're intelligent, because we're clever, because we're a high achiever, because we're powerful, because we're influential. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Now, I want to take the next few moments, and I want you to be sure you get this down. I want to, want to take the next few moments to mention a couple of things to you from the scriptures that will help you and I to experience the reality and the life of an overcomer. You need this. I need this. What helps us to overcome? What helps us to be more than a conqueror? What is going to help us to experience the reality and the life of an overcomer? First of all, be sure you get this down somewhere. First of all, we need Jesus to help us in our mind, to help us in our thinking, to help us with our attitude. I want you to look at this verse. This is Paul, but a different group of believers. This is some believers living in Corinth. He said, this is what we do. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Look at this part now. This is our thinking and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This, you've got to get this verse down. This is so important to helping you and I to experience the life of an overcomer. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And you know what we do? We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, every struggle that you and I face, generally speaking, it begins in our mind. It starts in our mind. Can I just ask you right now? Do you ever feel like you're at war in your own thinking? Do you ever feel like an obstacle in your life that you've got to hurdle over is your own thought life? You may even tell yourself, you know, Jeff, I hear everything that you're saying today, and this may be true for a lot of people that are watching right now, but it's not true for me. I'm not an overcomer. That's a battle in your mind. If you're saying, well, you know, this is for somebody else, but it can't really, really be accurate of my life, then you need to overcome that negative pattern of thinking. You may say something like this or have thought something like this now or before. You know what? I'd like to think of my life as being a victor, but I'm actually, truth be told, I'm nothing more than a victim. Maybe you're thinking, I'm always going to be discouraged. I'm always going to be down. I'm always going to live a life of defeat. You need to stop that way of thinking. You need to bring those thoughts captive. You may say, but my situation, Jeff, you just don't understand. But my situation is much different. It is much tougher than what other people are facing. It is much more complicated. Maybe you would even say, I've tried to be an overcomer before, I've tried to conquer this problem, I've tried to deal with this habit, this addiction, I've tried to work out this situation in my family, or in my job, or in my finances, and I've tried so many times before, it didn't work, I'm tired of trying. You need to get rid of that thinking, you have got to stop that negative thinking and sincerely ask Jesus to help you to win the battle that is going on in your mind because that's where the battle always begins if you and I are going to be an overcomer first of all we got to believe the word of God but we've got to believe it in our mind we got to we have to believe that God's word is true and what did he say he said this is what we do this is how we win the battle in our mind are you ready for this you just saw it on the screen we demolish arguments in every pretension. We demolish arguments. In other words, we destroy that negative thinking. We tear it down. We tear down all forms of negative thinking. If you're battling in your own thought thought life and you're like, you know what? I'm getting kicked around. I feel like everything but an overcomer. There's no way that I'm more than a conqueror because look at how my life is. My life is a mess. Look at what I've been through. Look at what I'm going through. I'll never be an overcomer. Get rid of that negative thinking. Destroy that way of thinking. You know, I was talking to one of my aunts this week, and I was thinking of this story, but I couldn't remember how old I was because I was so young. I was four years of age. We had gone to the beach, and I'm with my aunt and uncle, and my uncle's dad is there. Other family members are there, and I'm four years old, and I'm just minding my own business. And i just keep building my sandcastle, and I'd get it built as four-year-old the way that I would want it. And my uncle's dad... Mr. Rhodes. We all called him Mr. Rhodes. And an ex military guy. Mr. Rhodes, he'd walk over and he'd let me get it built just right, having fun with me. He had an aggravating personality. And uh, he'd just walk over and he'd take his foot. And he would just destroy. He would demolish my sandcastle. First time he did it, I just looked at him and they said, I just had this angry look on my face, but I didn't say anything. Went back being the good boy that I was, just rebuilding, not saying a word, just keeping my little four-year-old composure, and just went back and rebuilt my sandcastle all over again. Guess what he did? He let me build it up a second time. Came over. Mr. Rhodes did the same exact thing, took his foot and destroyed, demolished my sandcastle. This time, apparently, I'm feeling a little more angry. But again, I'm trying to be a good boy, trying to do what Jesus wants me to do, and I don't say anything. I look at him, I give him the stink eye, I give him the evil eye, but I say nothing. I just go back to rebuilding it a third time. I build it bigger and better the third time. He comes over. I kid you not. I'm too young to remember all this, but they've told me the story uh, quite often. He comes over a third time, and this time he really destroys my sandcastle. This time I can I keep my mouth shut let me just say it this way I was not only angry I laid out a few choice cuss words that I knew as a four-year-old and I let him have it I was so mad now am I saying is that the way you get rid of your negative thinking you just cuss it a little bit I am not saying that at all I'm saying what you and I do with negative thinking. It's what Paul tells us to do in this passage. He said, we demolish arguments. We demolish every potential. We destroy negative thinking. Then he answered that. We take captive every thought. We, We rein those thoughts back in. He goes on to say, we make our thoughts obedient to Christ. We bring our thoughts in alignment with Jesus. And we think on God's truth instead of the devil's lies. Let me say that again. You need to be thinking about, I need to be thinking about more about God's truth concerning us than the devil's lies about what he says concerning your life. So how do you and I live the life that Jesus has for us? As I mentioned a moment ago, I hope you got it down. We win the battle in our mind. We win the battle in our mind. And then secondly, be sure you get this, we fight the forces of darkness that operate in an unseen world. And I'm going to expand on that, but I want you to get that down. We fight the forces of darkness that operate in an unseen world. Now, you may not believe this or not. Probably most of you do. The devil and his emissaries are real. They are. And they play for real. I want you to take a look at this. This is still in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, so it's still Paul. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. That's an important phrase right there. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. To demolish strongholds, to help you and I become the, the overcomer that God says we are. Again, we're, we're believing God's truth concerning our life, not listening to the devil's lies. And so we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. We need to think that way. We need to live that way. And, and admittedly, you and I are on our own. We're not that powerful. We're not very powerful at all. But with Jesus in our life, it's a much different story. The weapons that Jesus gives to us, which are the weapons we should fight with, you saw it on the screen, they have, these weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to help break the habits and the addictions and the things in our life that we seemingly have a struggle uh, getting a hurdle over. We demolish. We have divine power. That word power, and I'll not elaborate too far on this, but I want you to just, this is so important for you to know. The word power found here in verse 4 is actually the Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. Dunamis, which is the same word that is translated dynamite. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying this. Jesus gives us. You need to get this. Jesus gives us the power. Jesus gives us the dynamite to blow up the attacks and the schemes that the evil one is bringing against our life. Let me just say that again because you need to claim that for your life. Jesus gives us the power. He gives us the dynamite to blow up the attacks and the schemes that the evil one is trying to bring against your life to keep you defeated Rather than for you to live the life that God has for you, which is the life of a conqueror, more than a conqueror, of an overcomer, more than an overcomer. Now, if you're not already familiar with these next few verses you're about to see, then you should certainly get into them and live in them. Who are you? Who are you? You are an overcomer. What do you have? Ephesians chapter 6 Tells us what we have, what you have. Ephesians 6 tells us we have the full armor of God. Look at these verses. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. You're in a battle, spiritual battle. Put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. Look at this next part and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one that are coming against your life. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Next part. After that. Well, I'm sorry, that was all of it. They did right. I missed it. Which is the word of God. Take it all. Don't just fight. Can I say it this way? Take the full armor of God. You and I are in a spiritual battle. God wants us to believe His truth concerning our life, which is that we are an overcomer. We're more than a conqueror. The evil one wants you to believe His lies, which is you're defeated, and you're always going to be defeated. You're always going to be down. You're always going to be discouraged. You're always going to have this problem. You're never going to be able to beat that. And you and I need to understand that it's not... And That's not from God. Listen, I want to say it this way. Don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. Let me say that again. Don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You're an overcomer. You have what you need to win. You have the full armor of God. So use it. Fight with it. You are able with God's help to be more than a victor. So stop saying, stop thinking, I'm just too weak. I'm weak and I'm always going to be weak. Not, not according to what God says, unless you choose to always be weak. That's not God's plan. That's not what God says about you. And when you know who you are, which is an overcomer, then you'll do what you ought to do. And that is you won't continue to be weak. Stop saying I'm too weak. Don't say I can't stop. Yes, you can with God's help. Well, I can't do it. I'm just a victim. It won't happen to me. I've struggled with this far too long. If you need a little more convincing, I want you to look at these next three verses. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. I want to bring our time together to a close, and I'm so glad you've been with us for this message i'm so glad you've been here this long and i want you to just stay with me a couple of mo- more moments in this passage that you just saw these three verses paul uses this phrase this treasure what is the treasure the treasure is actually jesus he uses this next phrase jars of clay what, what does that mean jars of clay that's you that's that's your body see if you're a christian If you've accepted Jesus as the savior and the leader of your life, if you're a Christian, then Jesus is in you. This treasure is in those jars of clay and this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's from God. You're not an overcomer because in and of yourself, you're an overcomer. It's because of God that you're an overcomer. Jesus and his power is in you. You're not more than a a victor because of you and because you're just that strong in and of yourself. It's innate within you. No, you're strong because Jesus makes you strong. In fact, the Bible says where we're weak, Jesus makes us strong. This all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Because of this reality, you are an overcomer. It's what God says about you. It's not what the evil one says about you, and maybe it's not what you tell yourself that you are, but it's what God says about you, and you need to claim that. You need to believe it. You need to own it. Jesus is in you, and because Jesus is in you, you are more than an overcomer, and you can overcome your fears. You can overcome your hurts. You can overcome your habits and your addictions, your temptations, your past, your insecurities. You can overcome unforgiveness. You can overcome your present problems. You can overcome your past failures, your current regrets. You, my friend, are an overcomer. I want you to read this last verse with me, and then we're going to pray. Read it with me. Read it out loud. I know you can do it. Read it out loud with me. You, dear children, children of God, you are from God and have overcome them because the one Jesus who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Can I just tell you this? Whatever you face in the world, it may be bigger than you, but I promise it's not bigger than your Jesus. And Jesus is able to give you everything that you need. If you're a Christian, you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. If you're not a Christian. I pray that in just a moment when I lead you in this prayer, that you would become a Christian. Listen, you need Jesus more than you think you need Jesus. You need the power of Jesus at work in your life because you may feel like you're clicking along okay right now, but there's coming a time, trust me, when you're going to face a giant that is bigger than you, but it will not be bigger than the Jesus in you. But you've got to receive him, and you've got to know no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, if you invite Christ to come into your life, he will come into your life right here, right now as you're watching this and just pray in your heart, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that sin separates me from a holy God and I need you in my life. And Jesus, because you went to the cross for me, because you spilled your blood for me, I overcome, I'm an overcomer, I will become an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Because you died for me, you extend grace and mercy and forgiveness to me, and I receive it. Jesus, I need you in my life. I need your power in my life. I'm either facing right now or face something too big for me. I need you coming into my life. Thank you for loving me. Lord, I worship you. I praise you. And with your help, I will live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen you prayed that prayer you could just uh depending on the device you're watching you could just click that and you could just let us know you can click that button it lets us know that you just prayed that prayer that you received jesus if that option is not available to to you just write let us know email us let us know you prayed and you received christ and if you did let me just say this is for you like never before you are more than a conqueror you are an overcomer through jesus who loves you And the Jesus who loves you, nothing will ever be able to separate you from that love. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you next week.